Welcome back to Down the Rabbit Hole. I'm Sarah. And I'm William. And today we are just going to spend some time talking about 2020. <laughs> it has been a interesting year, for the lack of a better word. So we just want to have a conversation around things we appreciate, things we are glad to see go, and maybe some hopes for the future year. But before we get into any of that, we're going to do an updated fun opinion just between William and I. So William, do you have any unpopular movie opinions? Probably. Uh, I have some movies that are like... People seem to really love, and I just don't get it. For example, Anchorman. I don't understand why people think it's so funny. My friend group routinely used to want to watch it all through college, and I just I don't think it's funny. And I don't actually know that I've seen it all the way through because I don't think it's funny. Interesting. I love, I, I love so many people that are in it, but I just... I feel that way about a lot of over-the-top dumb movies, though. For example? I mean, Step Brothers I liked. I thought that one was funny. What are some more dumb movies? Talladega Nights. It's just like a Will Ferrell. A Will Ferrell. (laughs) (laughs) I like Will Ferrell. I think he's funny. He is funny. I just just think the movies are over-the-top. Just over the top. Yeah. Which is a problem because Corey loves all of his movies. I, I do think that he's a funny comedian. I just don't love those movies the other the other movie that really just i have like a trauma history with i think um is napoleon dynamite when it came out everybody i was in middle school everybody was talking about it i was like oh i clearly need to see this movie because i'm not the cool kid right now i was first of all i was never the cool kid but in that moment i was like oh, i haven't seen it i gotta see it so i rented it with my own money and watched it and laughed one time and I was like, this is what people think is funny. I don't, I was so mad. That's, again, going back to these dumb movies, I think that is what I think most of the time. Like, this is what we find funny. I also have a very dark sense of humor, so that's probably my Same. Problem. Yeah. Anyway, so Sarah, what are your unpopular movie opinions? Well, I was having this conversation with some of my friends who I know they listen to this podcast, so they are going to laugh a little bit, but... We were talking about the movie Ever After with Drew Barrymore. And I, first of all, I told them I would give it another try because it's been several years since I've seen it. But every time I put that movie on, I hate it. I hate it so much. I think she's very annoying in that movie. Like, I don't hate her as an actress. I like some of her movies. Maybe I can't name one, but she just drives me insane in that one movie and I can't stand it. And that is all of their favorite movies. And they're like, well, I guess you're getting kicked out of the friend group. They were joking, of course. Hopefully. Maybe. Maybe. Let's hope so. Anyways. And then, yeah, I don't know. So I'll give another try to stay in the friend group, I guess. But yeah, I haven't seen that one in a long time either. So I don't I don't have an, a, an opinion ready for that one. But to be honest, I would choose a TV show over a movie any day, anytime. All right. Do you have an unpopular opinion about a television show? I don't think I do. I, you know, I'm like, I really am into like dark shows, but I think a lot of people are. I think I was just more into like the dark shows before it became cool to be in the dark shows. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Sure. And now that you've come around to Supernatural, you feel like you've... I'm on season 12 Arrived. Wow. You have made progress. Yeah. 
I know. All right. Uh-huh. I do have an unpopular TV opinion. I, it's just, it's hard for me to talk about. I can't get through The Office. Like, really? people freaking love The Office. And I cannot get through season one. And people are like, you got to just skip season one or you just got to push through. And I haven't tried in a couple of years, but I've tried multiple times and I cannot get past the first few episodes. I was also talking about this show with my friends and one of my friends said she just skipped season one completely and went to season two and loved it. And then went back to season one. I put up a big barrier between me and the office for a long time. And then when we painted our house, Corey just had it on. So I ended up watching the whole thing because that's how long it took us to paint our whole house. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's hard to get into, but once you get into it, it gets better. But sometimes like, it's not worth it, you know? Well, my thing is like, I know a lot of the funny scenes because I've watched the clips on YouTube. So I know a lot of the jokes and, and there are funny scenes. I absolutely admit that but I just can't with the whole show. And you know what? Now it's going off of Netflix. I guess it's already off Netflix at this point when this airs. So now I have an excuse. To not watch it. Yes. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Anyway, well, that was fun. So William, 2020. What a year. What a year. And now it's coming to a close. Thank goodness. Yes. Yeah. And like, I remember... So I I think I went on vacation the day before we started working from home. Mm -hmm. So I haven't been in the office even longer than some people. And I got an email saying like, sorry, we're shut down. (laughs) And so all of my stuff is just thrown all over my desk. Anyways, I was like, okay, well, I'll just get it when we go back in, which will probably just be in like a couple weeks. And here we are like 11 months later. So what a year. Yeah, I remember thinking, so we went home in March. That was when we started working from home. And I remember thinking, it'll be a couple months, and then we'll be back. And uh, clearly that wasn't the case. And I hated, hated working from home. I like seeing my coworkers every day. I like being in the office. Like I like having a reason to get up and shower in the morning and go to work. And when the pandemic first started, I didn't have a workspace in my apartment. Like I don't have a desk. Like I didn't have a a setup. And so I was just like chilling on my couch with my laptop in my lap. And like, that was awful. And so that was, that sucked. It was I hated it for the first several weeks and then I got I got a little used to it and then I hated it again and now I'm like I'm settled in I'm like I don't know that I need to go back to the office I do miss my coworkers still I I was gonna say when I'm in like my office chair because we do have an office luckily thank goodness we have an office in this house and sometimes I'll just turn around because in our in our office, whenever we had a question, had to brainstorm anything, we would just spin our chairs around and be like, William, what you got for this? And I miss that so much. And there's like four of us all right there. So now I'll just turn around and it's just my dog. <laughs> but to your point, I think it, you know, it does take some transition time. And I am glad to hear that it's getting better for you. Would you say that that has been a success for you this year? I think so. I think adjusting to working from home and really like settling in, it's not perfect. There's still a lot that I think could be better, but I, I do think that it's it's been 
a positive thing for sure. I would say one of my positive things. So I get very anxious when I don't know how things are going to align perfectly or when I can't like schedule things to a T or if I don't know how it's going to play out. So I've been anxious a lot this year to be clear. (laughs) But like working up to my internship in school, I'm like, how the heck am I supposed to work full time, get 300 counseling hours, still have a family and still be okay? And to add to that, it takes me an hour to two hours to get to the office. And then my internship site is like 30 minutes away from my home. And so I was like, I don't even have this many hours in a day. So I would definitely say as much as I don't like being locked in my office for like 10 to 11 hours a day, doing it all in one place has been great. That makes sense. Yeah. And you live far away. So that drive for sure can be a beast. I do miss Um, it sometimes though. It was a nice like transition time going from like worker to mom instead of doing all the things at once. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, like I said, I, I've said this before to other people. I think be, like living alone has has its challenges. Has had its challenges this year, and I think that sometimes that those get underestimated because it, it's seemingly easy compared to what parents have been juggling. But I do think that it has been challenging to be alone. Uh, because we, we miss all of those other opportunities for social interaction that aren't virtual. But that being said, I don't know how parents have done it so successfully this year. Even even if it doesn't feel like a success for some people, I think any parent who has managed to continue working or not, if they had to give, give up their job to take care of their kids, to make sure their kids were in school, like you have made it through this year. And that is a success, even if it if you look back and you're like, God, that was awful. We've even had coworkers and friends who have had kids during the pandemic, which is insane to me. Like, yes, it's hard being a mom of two human beings, but like they can like I can tell them to go to their room and play. You know what I mean? I cannot imagine giving birth during a pandemic and then doing all the things when you get home. Like that would be so hard. It's so weird to think about this past year because two of our coworkers had babies right around the same time. And we, as their coworkers, who would see them normally like five days a week, missed basically their entire pregnancies. Isn't that bizarre? It's so strange. And in our office, historically, when people have had babies, we get to see the babies. And now these babies are like, I don't know, two-ish months old. And we haven't seen the babies. And so it does make me sad. It does. Yeah. But yeah, I think that I think it's wild. So Sarah, what other successes have you had this year? Even when we talked about doing this episode, I laughed a little because this this year is nothing like I would have ever imagined. It's been really difficult. (laughs) I've had a lot of more challenges, I would say, than successes, but that doesn't. I see you shaking your head at me and that's just how it is, whether you see that or not. It's been hard. But that being said, there have been successes. This month, I passed the national counselor exam, which is a three and a half hour, 200 word, or not 200 word, 200 question test that you have to pass in order to become a counselor. But that was, that was huge. Um, Yeah. 
I think what's interesting about what you were just saying is that when I look at the year you've had, I see like so many successes, like you've overcome and pushed through so many challenges, even if, even if you don't feel that way, like, but, but it goes to our own like self-perception, right? Like we can focus on the negative or, or we really remember the negative more, right? It's, it's easier to remember uh, a, a stressful traumatic thing than a really positive success. And so I think it's interesting because I see all the things that you were juggling and having to balance and even struggling with sometimes, but like have come out successfully in the end. And we're not at the end yet, I guess, technically we're still 20, 2021 is not going to bring a lift to the pandemic or any of the restrictions. Like we are all going to be in it for a while still, um, even with a vaccine rolling out. But I do think the past 10, 11 months have been difficult and it's easy for us to focus on the, the challenge or the stress or it's a collective trauma, really living through a pandemic. And Maybe it takes talking to someone else to hear our successes from them, the things that they've seen us succeed at this year. I like that. And because it's true, Uh, you know, it's easy. Well, and we all compare ourselves too, right, to other people. And so like, it's easier for me to see the successes of my friends because I'm not doing those or doing that well in some areas. And so I highlight the struggles that I have. And I think we all do that. And mental health has been, it's been hard for a lot of people. And so I think that enhances that challenge. And so I like what you said about like talking to other people. And I I would encourage you all who are listening to do that too, just to kind of have that encouragement because people around you do see a lot of things that we don't necessarily see in ourselves. Yeah. Or they just see it framed differently. And like you, you may, you may see the same experience, but you're coming at it from two different sides. And so you just get a different, a different frame or point of view on your thing. And I think it's so hard often for us to accept someone else's viewpoint of ourselves or the things that we've done because it's weird or uncomfortable to take compliments or to, to receive praise Um, And I would encourage you as we go into this new year to practice that. And that's, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a practice. It's going to be hard and uncomfortable sometimes to hear people say nice things about you and to see, to hear them say like how awesome you were and how resilient you've been and how successful you've been throughout this year when you feel like you want to go, but this, this, and this resist that and hit it with an and we do a, a yes and it was also hard and then your friend can go yes and you still made it through and those two things can exist in the same space and so let's make 2021 a yes and year a yes and year i like that and it does take practice i remember when our team first kind of incorporated that or really like challenged all of us to do the yes and in a lot of different contexts and how we we made fun of it at first yes at first it was making fun of it but it was so hard to do and almost frustrating to a point for me because I was like why does it matter but now I do that 
almost all of the time. And it does like give you a different outlook on things. Yeah, it's it's such a powerful tool. And, and I think a lot of people who do improv are familiar with it as a fun game. And I think that's kind of how we kicked it off as like on our team was just this like, yes, and we would like draw it out and make it like there were hand gestures and it was a whole thing. But it is it is so powerful to to try to reframe and retrain your mind to think of that and and it's so useful in so many settings i mean counseling i'm sure you can use it with your clients all the time and it's because like for those of you who haven't necessarily heard of the s and when we say like yeah sure but this this and this it's very dismissing and if someone was to say like i love you but like we're immediately going to get defensive we're immediately going to think the worst we're immediately going to be like well there's all these things that i need to work anyways it just sends you into a spiral and that can be the case in a lot of different things so saying like yes and just expands the positive a little bit sometimes also accepting the bad too for example I think for single people, this year has been difficult, like I was saying earlier. And for single people who want to be in a relationship, which is not all single people, this year presented a lot of challenges for dating, for meeting people. And you can look back on the year and say, well, that was not successful. Or you can say, yes, this year was challenging. And next year will not be. Or And I got to learn more about myself or think more about what I wanted in a relationship or yes, I went on all these dates and they were only first dates and I learned how to do this in a virtual space, right? I mean, there's so many different scenarios and it really helps frame it. So even if you can find the smallest thing, the smallest and instead of putting that but in there to negate everything that you experienced, it would be really helpful. We're not saying like to ignore the challenges or ignore the hardship to our point earlier where I was talking about this year being so challenging for me. I can sit with that and still acknowledge the successes. Yeah, it's and the yes and tool is is exactly that. It's to acknowledge it and hold hold it true that these two things can exist in the same space, the negative and the positive. It's a balance. It's about being able to, to say that it was challenging and I succeeded or it was challenging and I learned something or it was challenging and I'll do better next time or it just sucked all the way around period full stop. And I'm going to try to find something, you know, I got a plant and my plant makes me a little bit happy. I didn't get a plant. I don't have, I was going to ask. I said, (laughs) I don't, I don't tend to living things, children, pets or plants. I should start calling children progeny. That's why it's a triple P progeny plants and pets. But okay. (laughs) (laughs) I love kids so much. Uh, And I'm just glad that I don't have any right now in my life. Hey, but you know, I appreciate you being there even so when you are on Zoom with me and we'll just like be chit chatting or whatever, my kids will be around mostly my youngest the oldest will come and say hi, whatever. But the youngest will be like around the computer. I explicitly remember for like a couple months, he was more around the computer because now he's getting used to my boundaries. But there was like two or three times I would be like, 
kid, just go do this thing. Cause I had been asking him for like 30 minutes and he was like pitching a fit and like tensions would be high. And then William, you would be like, Hey buddy, why don't you go just go do what your mom asked? And he'd be like, absolutely. And he would run off to go do the thing. And I was like, I don't know if I should be mad or thankful. Maybe both. We'll do both. (laughs) Holding space for both. Yes. Um, No, I, and I've also throughout the pandemic had the opportunity to babysit for a friend of ours uh, and, and their, uh, or her little girl. And we've baked together during the pandemic and that's been really fun. Like I like kids. I just, I'm so glad that I don't have any that live in my home. That's nice to hang out. And then return yes, to your space. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But this year has been hard. And I miss people. That's something that I did realize about myself or reaffirmed about myself is that I may be somewhat introverted, but I need people. Uh, I like seeing people in the office. I like, I don't go out that often, even in non-pandemic times. But I like, I miss going out. I miss being able to go out to restaurants and just go to a happy hour after work or whatever. So I'm looking forward to the day when we can do that safely again. Yes. Uh, You know, I've been through a lot in my life and getting through all of that has only been a possibility because of people and the support system I have. And so I'm very grateful for those connections that I have. However, I will say that it has been this year that I've really learned about that connection piece. We always talk about in prevention and protective factors. And I'm like, gosh, I get it. Like even just being in the same room as people, like I, ha- I miss that my kid, my daughter and nephew were talking about how much they missed being in school because they even missed the drama of people around them. And I'm like, gosh, it's so true. Like just even being around people and experiencing snapshots of their life can make a big difference in ours. Yeah, I think this year has taught us a lot in this movement. It's taught us that we can we can move our programming to a virtual space. It may have taken a while and it may not be perfect, but we can still access people and teach them about healthy relationships and engage them in trainings. And we can actually, a lot of programs have seen that they have increased their engagement because now they can have a broader audience geographically or more people can access their programs, whereas they may not have had transportation before. Or the event might have been in a place that wasn't accessible for people with physical disabilities or someone just may feel safer inside and not, you know, with the survivors that we work with and not want to be at a public event. And so we've shown that we can do both prevention people and direct service advocates can do safety planning and education and advocacy from home. And I think that that is a huge success for our movement. Well, to that point, like a lot of agencies and or funders, like we've had to increase our capabilities to do that. So like I remember some agencies reaching out and be like, okay, we finally got Zoom. Like, how do we work it? And so I, I just think it's really cool to see that aspect coming to be as well. And that like we are kind of catching up with the times a little bit. Yeah. I also think as far as learning goes, our movement has been forced to reflect on our complicitness in racist practices. Absolutely. And both as individuals and as as a system. 
And that's a conversation that hopefully continues and deepens. And it's something that I know has been challenging for people of color in the movement. Uh, it has been a stressful year on a, on a level that no white person can understand. And I think for a lot of white people, eyes were opened this year. And that in and of itself is frustrating for Black, Indigenous, and people of color to say, we've been dealing with this for decades and centuries, and you're just now coming to the party. That is, in and of itself is, is evidence of privilege and is hurtful to so many people and how people have approached their newfound anti-racism is somewhat problematic occasionally. And it's, it's been a year of learning. It's been a year of reflection and accountability. Hopefully going into this new year, we will all keep that momentum. We will be able to broaden our efforts. We will be able to continue to reflect and hold ourselves accountable for our past actions and make the positive changes and fail forward as we do it. And hopefully we'll have some allies and some political spaces as we reinstitute, hopefully, um, no one, I guess, don't know specifically, but reinstitute racial sensitivity trainings with federal contractors and cultural awareness, uh, cultural humility. On that note, too, we have our first woman vice president. So that's kind of cool. I guess that's technically starting in 2021, but, you know, confirmed in 2020. Right. And and she's a woman of color. And so I think that's amazing, which also means that we have our first first or second gentleman, um, which I think is going to be interesting to see how the general public responds to him and how he takes up that mantle and develops that office. And Dr. Jill Biden is the first first lady to hold a doctorate and has already caught criticism for using the term doctor in a place that I was going to ask if you knew about that because I saw like a headline about it, but I didn't get a chance to read about it. Yeah. So a few weeks ago, this guy wrote an opinion article in the Wall Street Journal saying that she uses the term doctor, but isn't a medical doctor. And so she should stop using the term doctor. Are you serious? Yes. When a male PhD would never, would never, it would never be suggested that they don't use doctor because they're... I was going to say, I went to community college for a while and there were plenty of men there that would be like, you will call me doctor. (laughs) You you worked so hard. You worked so hard, even for uh, a PhD or uh, an EDD or a DRPH, like whatever the the non-MDDO program is, like you work so hard, you do a dissertation and all the things. And a lot of them are in debt, like just as much as, uh, maybe not just as much, but and to similar levels. Yeah. And I do think it's cool that she anticipates to keep teaching while yeah. she's there. I just love how much they're I feel like they're switching up quite a bit and I love it and I think it's really cool to see. Yeah. I'm excited to see what happens. And maybe we'll get the Violence Against Women Act reauthorized. We've been riding that out for over a year now. So who knows? There's still a lot of challenges, but we can look forward and try to help. We'll try to everybody try to do their part and rise up and be advocates. Speaking of looking forward, I'm curious if there are things that you're looking forward to next year. 
I got into a fellowship at the end of last year, and I'm excited to participate in that. And it's going to be a a six-month program, and I'm excited to learn and grow both personally and professionally with this cohort of people. So I think that's one of the things I'm most excited about for 2021. That's awesome. Yeah. What about you, Sarah? I get to graduate and then never yes. go back to school again. Hopefully. Well, let's not say never. You might you <laughs> I, might be among those among those lady doctors who maybe. So I was a little late to starting college, but I started with one class in 2011, which was one of the worst years of my life to be clear. But I haven't quit school. I, I stopped when I was pregnant with my son, but I have pretty much been in school since 2011 and I am a hundred percent ready to not. That is be a in long school. time for sure. I but think there was like what? two years where I wasn't in school. Maybe once your kids go off to college, you'll be like, "Let's go get a doctorate." Ew. <laughs> no shame for people that do. I, but I, I mean, I think it's awesome to be clear. But I don't. I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. My youngest will also start middle school. So I don't know if I'm looking forward to that or if I'm terrified. I'm holding space for both. It'll be great. Your oldest will start middle school. And do you think you're going to cry? At some point. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I hated, absolutely hated middle school. And And is your youngest going to start kindergarten? Oh my gosh. Yes, he will. Yes. What a year. You're definitely going to cry at that one. Okay. All right. I can mm-hmm. see it in your face. Okay. Yep. I, I, you know, cause he loves to be at home. So he's really appreciated uh, this whole quarantine situation. Although I do think he's getting tired of it, but William, you know, this, you experienced all my mom drama with this last year, but we put him in preschool to get him kind of used to like being around other people. And we started off with like half a day, two days a week. And then we were going to build up. So that way, when he went to kindergarten, he'd be ready. And he cried every single time. And at one point explicitly asked me why I left him with strangers. (laughs) And I was like, please don't tell people that. (laughs) And so towards the end of that semester, he didn't cry as much. He still gave me that look of betrayal, but he was okay. And then we got put in quarantine so who knows what's going to happen in kindergarten and middle school it's going to be a wild ride do you think you'll just continue to homeschool no thank you (laughs) (laughs) i do appreciate having more time with them right now but i'm also like i'll hopefully only be working one job so i'll have more time anyways they can go back to school it's fine good point yeah, 2021. I it's not gonna be the miracle year a lot of people thought or or think like oh COVID's just gonna be gone and all our problems are gonna be alleviated. That's certainly not gonna be the case. Like we all need to strap in for a little bit a little bit longer and listen to our scientists like we should have been doing this whole time and maybe we will get there sooner than we thought i think it's already too late to be sooner than we thought that's fair good point good point yes i am gonna be excited though 
whenever my turn comes to get the vaccine, I will be like there immediately. And can you say that word again? Immediately. That's how me and my friends say it sometimes <laughs> when we want to put a little emphasis on it. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for that immunization. Let's let's do let's this. Let's do it. Same. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm ready to say goodbye to 2020, even though it's not 2020's fault. It's the amalgamation or the accumulation of decades of and centuries of racism and ignoring the climate and like not listening to scientists and all the things it just all happened to come together this year but i'm ready to say goodbye to the year because it has such negative connotation and so have you seen those like memes not memes uh things online well i guess it i guess it was a tiktok that i saw and it was like god speaking to an angel and he's like did you distribute all the things in the 2020s and he goes 2020s and he's like yes 2020s and he goes oh no (laughs) yeah it's like it's all compiled in one year and it's like oops yeah i've also seen the the ones that are like december 31st the clock is about to change over and it just december 32nd (laughs) and (laughs) if that could actually happen i would cry very hard yeah same so, but on a positive note, we did get to spend a lot of time on a podcast together, and that's, that's been right. fun. It has, and I think it's been, I mean, it's been a lot of fun and it's been successful. And I think to like that point, too, I am not a very confident person, I think I can fake it to some extent, but like minimal confidence. And working from home, being on a podcast, counseling from home, counseling adolescence in a detention center from home, I've really had to like lean on myself a whole bunch. So I really had to embrace my own like knowledge and experience and expertise. And I would say it's helped my confidence a lot. That's great. Yeah. You've become like a ball in editor of this podcast. Mm, That's been a fun skill to learn. I am looking forward to like enhancing that a little bit more and diving more into that. But yeah, I think this has been a lot of fun and we've we've had some some fun people on as guests and we hope to continue that trend into the new year. Maybe a few surprises along the way. That being said, if you as a listener have an idea for a topic or want to be on the podcast with us, feel free to reach out to our prevention email. We would love it. It'll be linked in the description. Yes. Thank you. Anything else, William? I will say that we will also link our service directory in the description this year. Sometimes the holidays are really hard for people, especially when we're in quarantine. And so if you need any services because you're in an unhealthy relationship, please visit our service directory and find your nearest program. And we hope that you've had a good 2020 that you can reflect on the year and see your successes and if you can't that you talk to someone who maybe can help you see it in a different light and that if it has if there is not any positive reflections that you have because this year has just absolutely sucked for you that you acknowledge that that you feel that and that you go into 2021 uh, ready for that to pass. So we (laughs) wish you a happy new year 
And good luck will, with the next one. Good luck with the next one. <laughs> we will see you. At least you will hear us if you don't see us in 2021. Bye. Bye. Bye.